Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. The January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol was perhaps the most widely documented act of political violence in our history. During the six-month investigation, the New York Times obtained, analyzed, and mapped out thousands of hours of video to provide the most complete account of the Capitol riot to date. Day of Rage charts in chilling detail how the peaceful transition of power was disrupted by rioters who stormed a seemingly impenetrable seat of the United States government. The film is remarkable in its detail, remarkable in its clarity. The film, again, Day of Rage, We're joined today by one of the producers, Malachi Brown. Also, David Bhatti is also a producer, but not with us today. Malachi Brown, welcome to Film School Radio. Thank you, Mike. Pleasure to be here. Thank you for being here. Um, I know, let's kind of back up before we get into the sort of the heart of the, the story and explain the, where the this film document by the way, shortlisted for an Academy Award consideration for best short documentary. Where what's the genesis of the, the the film? Where did it come from? It came from wanting to first of all understand and clarify the chaos around this massive event, but also how could it have happened? You know, what led to uh, such an assault on American democracy? Um, so it's both both of those things. And we began as the riot was happening. We began our, our process. We, you know, were part of a newsroom. This is a rare film to come from the New York Times newsroom. But we started, you know, collecting uh, what amounted in the end to thousands of videos as the riot was unfolding, uh, in addition to tweets that were being sent inside and around um, Congress live streams that, that were rolling. Uh, we were watching them in, in real time. C-SPAN footage, network footage, and, and, and so on. And that was, you know, basically the idea for it, you know, sketching out what led to this, what happened, and then months later as we were uh, producing the film, what, where is this going now and where is responsibility being taken for it or how is it being perceived by the American public? So it was a team effort. There were, I see in the in the credits, there were multiple contributions to this. You mentioned just sort of going over all the footage and analyzing it. This must have been a very labor-intensive operation for you. It was, yeah. Our team is uh, called the Visual Investigations Team. Um, and so what we do is, you know, forensic analysis of visual evidence um, to reconstruct events, but, you know, also shine a spotlight on issues like botched airstrike in, in Kabul uh, by the US uh, this past summer uh, show that the Pentagon was lying about what happened there. So this is our bread and butter, collecting evidence, organizing it, uh, developing chronologies and so forth. But in the Capitol riot, we'd never faced as many videos, as much footage, uh, evidence. And for us, that was reflective of the sort of patriotic fervor and duty that many of the rioters felt that uh, they had. They, they, they felt perfectly in their rights to attack the capital and to, to stop the confirmation of the, of the election. And so they were proudly documenting it from every angle, almost every minute of the day. And that gave us a wealth of, of evidence. Uh, we think of it as evidence that allowed us to, to begin analyzing it and reconstructing 
what happened and how it happened. It is remarkable to watch because, as you mentioned, and I mentioned in the introduction, the the kind of minute by minute account of what happened. And it's done in such a way that not only do we hear and see the people who are actively a part of this riot and organizing it and, and exhorting people to violence, but we also have some graphics that we, we have an understanding of the Capitol itself, a breakdown of where the breaches were within the Capitol. And it is a 40-minute long documentary film that if you're wondering if somebody you know has been living under a rock or is denying something that happened there, this is something that they should see because it it's it's fantastic in that regard. And it's one of those situations where you kind of already know the outcome. You yeah. sort of know what mm-hmm. what happened in a general terms. Was there in, in ter- as you're putting this but, together, is were there things that you were finding that were Jaw-dropping, eye-opening, uh, unexpected. Oh, I mean, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, from the beginning, like we, yeah, as you said, it's a big team, and um, Stella Cooper and Cora Engelbrecht, who are uh, two of the producers on it, they set about documenting the prelude to January sixth, and they worked with organizations who monitor far-right extremism and got exclusive access to months of online chatter, but also along with our editor for that part of the doc, uh, Natalie Renault, started look, coming through fringe podcasts, far-right podcasts and broadcasts and street, online streams to identify sort of who the key characters and players were, you know, ahead of it. And that, that kind of, that, that sort of spine and cast of characters informed us who to look for as we then started going through the, the, the footage of the day in the early morning in particular. Understanding who the key players were allowed us to look out for them. Also on January 5th, um, when you know people started to descend on DC and the rhetoric in real life now was really being amped up and it became quite militant. Um, and you had some of the organizers, Alex- Alexander, Mike Flynn was there. Some uh, lawmakers were there who were um, Trump loyalists. And all of that was quite alarming to us because we weren't really paying attention on, on, on January 5th. What, was, what we also very quickly established was that people traveled from all 50 states. And so this was a widespread movement, you know, a wide, widely held belief that Trump was uh, the rightful victor in the in the election and that it was being stripped away from him. And this gave the people a real world focal point to vent their frustration and all of that vitriol and anger that has had been building, but was also pumped up in the months beforehand. And so that became very clear to us, you know, just the, the extent of it. There was, remember, this didn't make the film, but there was one scene in Florida where you had about three busloads of people who congregated in one community and they were being briefed by the organizers of the trip. But then law enforcement came in to give them a briefing on how to stay safe and who to look out for in DC. And it was very partisan. And then they got um, an address by their local congressperson who had funded, subsidized the buses so that as many people as possible could travel there. And so that was just reflective of how civil society, you know, was you know, is so divided on this issue and, and kind of sent them on their way. But that we saw that from all over the country then, you know, in, in you know, the people taking flights or people organizing ride shares. They were measuring their trunks to see if their weapons with could could fit in the trunks. 
it, it was an, it was just such an array of people. And that, to me, was absolutely jaw-dropping. But as you say then, like on the day itself, you know, there, there were so many moments that, I mean, they, they, they just kind of defy reality. But, but I think ultimately what you saw was the brainwashing of a large number of people because all of the news broadcasts, the far-right fringe broadcasts and podcasts and the messaging that had gone out there was regurgitated almost verbatim on the day as the reason, you know, by the rioters, as the reason for doing what they were doing and feeling absolutely justified in doing so. And so that was that was quite revealing, you know, this just the the, the damaging effect of, of that disinformation. But I could go on. I, yeah, I know you stuff. could. And it's in the film. There are so many things that happen over the course of that day. Some of you've seen in news footage, some of the stuff we're sort of familiar with has become part of the, the wallpaper of news that we sort of have taken in and, and over, the, over these last now 12 months. To see it in this compressed frame of time and reference and, and something that's so well done is identifying the particular people that were key part of the operation. And it was an operation. Uh, I don't want to go down any rabbit holes here. I really truly, because mm -hmm. it's easy to do with this stuff, but it is hard to imagine how in the lead up to January 6th, that the intelligence wasn't taken either more seriously or more wasn't done to protect the Capitol in mm -hmm. your, without going down a rabbit hole in your experience, or is there, is there an explanation for a lack of coordinated effort to stop this from happening? The day of, I think that you know Haley Willis and uh, worked on our team worked with uh, our DC reporters on on this aspect on understanding the intelligence failings, uh, why the Capitol Police weren't better prepared, and then the delays to call the National Guard and and other agencies. You know, as, as the riot happened, I think people just didn't take it seriously. There were a number of efforts made to, to, to ring the alarm bells at, at the right chain of command, but it was either dismissed or, or downplayed or just not heeded. The senior uh, capital staff weren't even at the building, you know, when the riot began that day. You know, one thing that we wanted to understand was, well, how, how many staff were available and why was it so poorly protected? Because we mapped out, as you saw in the piece, just how many officers there were guarding it around the perimeter, knowing that there was going to be a rally that was he heading to the, the capital. The writers thought all their Christmases had come at once. There's a guy who says in the film, those five police officers think they're, they're going to stop some shit. And um, you need to say that again. There were five officers at a key choke point yes. in, in, the, in the defense of the capital of, of certain passageway in. There were five. Five officers not uh, equipped with riot gear just standing behind a, a flimsy fence that was easily pushed over. Hundreds of pent-up Trump supporters, you know, standing right there, ironically, just underneath the peace monument, you know? Is some of this that this was just unthinkable? It, I mean, it's it sort of, is that part of the part of the mentality here that this just was unfathomable? Or I, is that... Well, we, 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 we know that there, there was uh, a reassessment of how to, of the optics of federal forces and other police forces in the capital after the, the mistreatment of protests in 2020. 
Is it 2020? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Black Lives Matter protests. Right, right. You know, the you know the helicopters hovering over protesters, sort of a lot of protesters being uh, beaten up and, and so on. You know, decisions were made around who could approve certain forces. I don't know if that ex- if that entirely explains why they were so undermanned on the day, because yeah. they could still have held on to hundreds more staff, better equipped them. But I think there were also things that came out from the Capitol Police's internal investigation that they just weren't prepared for something like this. They, they couldn't unlock the area where right equipment was was held. You know, some of it was out of date. Uh, they had ordered some only enough to equip 100 or 200 or so officers. And so I think it just, it, it was totally unexpected. In the lead up to it, I think, but in the in the immediate days there were, and even on the eve of it, there was information that was sent that, you know, things could go pretty sour. I just want to remind our listeners that we're speaking with the producer of the film Day of Rage, that would be Maliki Brown, as well as not with us is the other producer, David Body, but there's a ton of other people involved in this film. It's kind of unfair to just single you two out because there's, there's just a, a collective effort. It is so well done. It has been shortlisted for Best uh, Documentary Academy Award um, for Best Short Documentary Film. There's so much here. It feels like we have this select committee in Congress now uh, looking into this, who are doing a what appears to be a pretty thorough job of getting to the origin story for those people who were there to cause harm and so much more, the finances, the coordination, that there's a lot to be uncovered. But this film is such a wonderful blueprint on the attack on the Capitol. It does lend credibility to the idea of the coordination, which didn't just come from a happenstance that these guys in one particular story that came out fairly recently was about the windows, the least, the most vulnerable windows in the Capitol that seem to be kind of a, a target, if you will, for these, for these rioters to find entry into the Capitol. And, it, and the likelihood of that happening on their own is not very high. I don't know. Again, I'm, I'm sort of editorializing here a little bit. Yeah, we, but we, didn't, we didn't find evidence of that, but, but, but I know what you're saying. I mean, once they were up on the upper terraces, they went straight for the windows, all right, um, to, to get in there. I th- uh, one thing that was alarming to me was as well, once we realized that is the length of time it took them to realize that the stairs gave them a route rather than trying to fight uh, the, the police elsewhere. Um, but again, I don't know whether that was the police drawing them away from those uh, access points or, or, or what. And on top of everything else, and it's in the film, so I'm not going out of bounds here to say so many of the people in the House and in the Senate who were there who knew what happened, who understood what was going on, and still to this day continue to deny the seriousness and the what the apparent goal was to stop the peaceful transfer of power in the United States government and refuse to acknowledge it. It is beyond shameful. And uh, it's, it's in this film. You've got to see it. Day of Rage. I think part of the motivation for, for the film as well is to, you know, to show people what happened you know i think sometimes we we overthink things um in trying to find a headline you know and what's what's the journalistic reveal about this film and actually as we were uh, making it if we found something that we felt was in the public interest we would write a short story and release that so for instance uh the movement of the oath keepers you know what happened to roseanne boyland 
you know, uh, Ashley Babbitt's shooting, reconstructing that, the attacks on, on the officers by the inauguration ten, uh, terrorists that injured so many, but also uh, Officer Brian Sicknick, who died a day later. And um, there was a lot of speculation about what happened to him and uncertainty, and we were able to find him and find that attack. And so we published those as, as we went. Some of them ended up in indictments. But, but you know, when we, we came to releasing the film, you know, we felt that, or, or close enough to it, we just felt that it was something that really needed to be seen, to be understood, and that people may not have grasped this, the scale and the synchronicity with which the violence happened. You know, there were literally hours-long battles happening at certain parts around the capital, all at the same time. And then once they get inside, the Capitol Police have to contend with defending the interior as well as the exterior. And they're relying on the Metro Police who are, are starting to come in numbers. But the call goes out to other agencies as well. The 1033, the kind of call of last resort, is issued several times, both inside and outside, which gives you an idea of just how stretched they were and how panicked they were. But as to your point about the lawmakers, you know, there were very many close calls in there. The vitriol with which some of the rioters were pursuing Pence and Pelosi in particular, and Schumer at times, you know, what was, I mean, that, that was jaw-dropping as well, you know, and, and you just wonder what would have happened had they gained access to the House faster or to the Senate faster than they did or why people were still inside there. On, on the lawmakers, I've been reading recently, you know, different lawmakers' response. And I think, as you say, subjective is one way of describing it. But some of them, you know, were genuinely feeling fearing for their lives. Others say they weren't afraid at all. Jim McGovern said that he wanted to punch the protesters in the face. And then you have other lawmakers who were, you know, trying to divert attention and, and blame to left-wing agitators rather than the supporters of, of the president who carried it out. I'm so glad that this film is out there. I'm so glad for people, it's, can, they can see it for free. There's no excuse not to see Day of Rage. And it is, again, it is an, it shortlisted for an Academy Award for Best Short Documentary. And uh, there's a reason why the press is mentioned in the United States Constitution as, as a protected business, protected uh, civil, civic matter and um, this is one of the this is a shining example of why so thanks mike that that, that means a lot uh to some to me but also on behalf of the team you know who put a lot of work into it um over many months and and really pushed on it you know because we felt there was an urgency around it given the attempts to whitewash what happened and to to rewrite the the the, the events of that day so uh, it's, 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 well, keep it up, keep, yeah. keep doing what you're doing. Um, and I really appreciate uh, this film day of rage. Again, we've been joined by the producer Maliki Brown, as well as the co-producer David body. Thank you. Thank you. If I could name just some of the rest of the team, of course, as well. you've got, you've got, you know, I mentioned Haley Willis uh, already, Dimitri Cavan and Natalie Renault, who are the editors on it and who spent many months, you know, looking over really violent footage. Um, and I know that that affected them. And you have um, Christian Trebert, uh, who's a longstanding member of the team, as well as Evan, Evan Hill and uh, a cast of, of many more as well. Uh, Drew Jordan, who is an animator, and his graphics, I felt, really helped orient and situate the, the viewer 
and, and also take a break from the intensity of of what was happening you know just to take stock take as a, a, a you know look at the beauty of the building in one way but also how much was happening around it at the same time as i said before uh, and many more who helped us with you know from our legal team to our archival team and, and, and legal team and the executive editors at the times as well um uh who helped sharpen the piece and, and um, you know as you say a large cast well thank them all for me and uh and Again, people can check this out. It's free. It's available. Day of Rage. There's a, a number of sites. The New York Times site as well. New York Times Doc is the place you, I think, I believe. I've got that right to for you to go. Um, I think, well, if you Google visual investigations, you'll find it there along with yeah. a lot of our other work. And okay. um, yeah, YouTube. Just Google it on YouTube. It's there. I don't know when and how and where, but if you're working on something, uh, like this, uh, please feel free to let us know and we'd love to have you back on. Congratulations. Thanks, Mike. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.